0: Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. Our goal is to help Christians understand the truth of Romans 15, 14, that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm one of your hosts, Curtis Solomon. And I'm Lincoln Liu, your other host. Be sure to check out other resources from the BCC at biblicalcc.org. Thanks for joining us for this episode of 1514. It's a delight to have you as part of our audience. We're coming to the end of 2023, and I want to encourage you to support the work of the Biblical Counseling Coalition financially in a couple different ways. One, continue your efforts in our one person a week campaign by inviting one person each week uh, through the end of 2023 to support the Biblical Counseling Coalition with monthly donations. Second, we are a nonprofit, and like most nonprofits, we get a significant portion of our annual budget in year end giving. And that comes through special gifts that people give above and beyond uh, at the end of the year. So we've set a goal for December to raise $50,000, and we want you to help us with that. Whether you give on a regular basis or if you've never given before, please jump online or write a check and send it to us to support the ministry of the Biblical Counseling Coalition so we can continue the work of building unity around Biblical Counseling around the world. This episode of 1514 is one that I recorded with Eric Aversar. Eric is a professor of Biblical Counseling at Seminario Carey, uh, as well as a pastor of a church. And A missionary with reaching and teaching in Argentina. Uh, I had a wonderful time talking with Eric, getting to know him a little bit, hearing about the work that he is doing at the seminary and in the church um, and in lots of different places around Argentina and excited to hear about a book that he's written that's a a small introduction to biblical counseling in Spanish, and hear how God has used biblical counseling in his own life and in his family's life. It's just an encouraging and uplifting conversation. I pray that it is encouraging and uplifting to you. It inspires you to continue to pray for missionaries around the world and continue to do the work that God has called you to do wherever you are. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. This episode is brought to you in part by the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. The strongest MDiv just got stronger. Southern Seminary's new MDiv is now simplified, personalized, and incentivized. It's simplified by providing students a foundational core of 21 credit hours in each of these three academic disciplines, biblical studies, theological studies, and practical studies. It's personalized through 21 credit hours of electives that students customize around their unique ministry calling to earn graduate certificates. Those certificates indicate specialized training in key areas of ministry. It's incentivized by saving residential MDiv students $1,800 in tuition each semester. The benefits of all MDiv students are greater personalization, increased specialization, and the opportunity to earn more credentials in an efficient amount of time. Discover how you can benefit from an MDiv that is simplified, Personalized and incentivized at sbts.edu forward slash newmdiv. Once again, that's sbts.edu forward slash newmdiv. Well, Eric, thanks so much for joining us for 1514. Would you mind introducing yourself to our audience?
1: Yeah, thanks, Curtis, for for having me on this episode. Just a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, so my name is Eric Abasor and I am married to Danica. We've been married for 17 years, and I'm father of five boys from six years old to to 14 years old, so it's a busy house, but it's a fun house. Um, I am a member of uh, Iglesia Biblica Bautista Crecer in Córdoba, Argentina, Um, and I also serve as a missionary um, with Reaching and Teaching, so...
0: Well, thanks for thanks for joining us and thanks for the work that you're doing. Five, uh, When you said fun house with five boys, I was thinking of more like a carnival <laughs> fun house, which it probably feels that way sometimes. <laughs> I don't uh, feel man. like that. <laughs> well, th- we just got the chance to connect recently and I got to hear about your ministry and I wanted others to be able to hear about your ministry. So you you mentioned already kind of where you're located and that you're working with Reaching and Teaching, but tell tell everybody else, tell Tell our audience what what it is that you're doing in Argentina, and what that ministry looks like.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, so so we've been there for we've been there for about six years, and the, the the primary focus of our ministry when we went was pastoral theological training in areas that are harder to reach. Um, so if you just think about South America. Um, I guess it would be considered a, a reached area, but the, the the strength of the church, the health of the church, um, yeah, the, the health of the church is not very strong. So we went there with the intention of doing theological training, and and that's still a primary focus of of what I do alongside um, our other, yeah, my coworkers there. Um, so we we do theological training in more remote areas where we're just, Training pastors, training members on, um, you know, uh, inter, uh, overview of the Old Testament, overview in the New Testament, um, hermeneutics, just giving them the the fundamentals because they, they really lack that and they are wanting that. Um, but many of many of these pastors, many of these churches just don't have access to any kind of theological training. They can't get online um, just because of where they're at. Um, so that's a that's a primary focus of of what we do um we're also involved in um some publishing that's kind of a new ministry that we've we've started doing in the last um year just because it's so difficult to get just sound theological books there um And another area of ministry is, is mission sending. So we, I mean, we strongly believe that people in South America um, make great missionaries to the rest of the world. And so, so one of our goals is to just really raise up um, just individuals and and, and couples and families from our local church and and other churches in
0: Argentina to be missionaries. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Um, So, Tell us how did you how did you get into this? You've been married seventeen years. You started this six years ago. Something something was going on in life before that. So mm-hmm. what what led you to this ministry?
1: Yeah. So after after I graduated from from Southern, I we moved to Mount Vernon, Washington, where I was a pastor for eight years. Uh, I loved it. We, we we loved being there as a family. Loved our our church, which is now our sending church. Uh, and loved pastoring, just loved being with the people. At at one point um, during my time there, I think it was about two years in, uh, we were we were sent to go visit some of our workers, um, our overseas workers, uh, to to a couple different to North Africa and in mm-hmm. Germany. And it was there where our our heart for. For missions, um, just grew and expanded, and we wanted missions um, to to be an important part of our of our ministry and our family. Um, not necessarily to go somewhere, but we we realized that this this doesn't need to be an important part of who we are. Um, probably about six years in, seven years in, I was kind of feeling that. Well, am I going to be a youth pastor for my entire life? And at the same time, there was this kind of more intensive pool to mm. to go and do missions or be more intentional about how i could do it um and i think my wife and i danic and i just came to the realization like well maybe we should think about going like why can't mm. we go um and we have four kids we have five now um but why like maybe we should do it so So we, we, yeah, we, we didn't, we were just compelled by the lack of theological training in South America. I wanted to train. I wanted to go to a place where there were um, less resources. I, I personally knew just my own personal conviction that, you know, if I left my, my job there, that it would probably be about 30 or 40 people to kind of follow in my steps and probably do a better job. Um, and, and so, yeah, that was, that was kind of our, we just had strong confirmation from, from our elders at, at our church there. And um, yeah, so that was all part of the process.
0: No, that's really good. I, I wanted people to hear that because I think sometimes um, <clears throat> we forget that God calls people at different ages and stages of life in, For some people, they think, well, you know, God only calls those high school kids or those college kids or whatever. (laughs) And and if you're not, you know, if you haven't been into it since then, maybe that's not for you, but man, it's such a fascination of mine to see when and where and how the Lord calls people to different different types of ministry. So,
1: yeah, that's right. I mean, it's a, it's a grace that God gives to those who, whom he calls. And I I remember Mm -hmm. when we were getting ready to go, we actually found out we were pregnant with our fifth and I got got frustrated because we were just thinking like, we're going. And then we found out we're pregnant again. And I'm thinking, well, how are we going to go now? And I think my wife talked some sense into me, you know, like, (laughs) well, we can still go. We're just going to have five instead of four. So anyways, yeah. The, God, yep. the Lord gives you the grace that you need to accomplish this.
0: Yeah, I mean, people are having babies all over the planet anyway. <laughs> so, you know, that's <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, another aspect you, you um, got into biblical counseling somewhere along the way. And I, I'm curious uh, to, for everybody to hear that. Cause you even have a book, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more later. Um, and, and I think it's, fascinating because i do see that i heard steve Byers say this a few years ago and and i quote him fairly often with it and it continues to i continue to see it playing out that biblical counseling in one way is like a third wave of missions like we had this hmm. um evangelism wave and i think had it's not like one is over but i think it happens over and over and over where we do this evangelism wave and then like a theological training because we realize oh Getting people to mm-hmm. say yes to Jesus is one thing, but teaching them how to study the word and how to mm-hmm. how to systemize their their thing maybe not systemize is not the right word, but really have a thorough and robust theology is another wave. And then you realize, oh, people who have good theology still have problems and they need help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So biblical yeah. counseling kind of comes into the picture. But where where along the way did you intersect with biblical counseling?
1: Yeah, so I'll kind of give you a two-part answer. Uh, maybe the first is less formal. Maybe the more is a little bit more formal. But the the first is, you know, our main ministry there is just theological education um, and working with churches. And, and, and so, you know, a lot of times in biblical counseling, we want to say that biblical counseling is really just applied theology. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just makes sense. It's a practical outworking of what we're doing um uh you know so we're training people on in hermeneutics we're training people on the the overview of the the new testament the old testament systematic theology and it it, it just makes sense to ask the question well how does this matter to my life mm-hmm. um how does this matter to the the people in my church that I have to to that I have to you know train and I have to to pastor um when they they're coming and asking me for help and, and on top of that I mean, whenever we were doing training, we we're traveling around the country. Um, all the pastors that we would meet, you know, just sitting around a dinner table, just talking about ministry and the the, the challenges of ministry with these pastors that are oftentimes alone. Um, and they don't they don't have a lot of resources. Almost every single time they wanted to learn more about biblical counseling. Mm. Um, they wanted to get trained in the word, but they they're just they're they want to know how do i help this person that is you, you know that is is being abused by her by her husband or how do i help this person that is struggling with depression Um, or this, this, this couple that they have, you know, they have marriage problems. What, how can I, how can I help them? And so it only makes sense to go, you know, a step further and just say, well, this is, this is how we do it. This Mm -hmm. is biblical counseling. This is where it works. Um, so it's always kind of been a part of our ministry, but I guess more formally, uh, biblical counseling, became a more, um, important part of our ministry, um, in 2020. So, you know, 2020, obviously COVID yeah, and I had a lot of time on my hands because I was, uh, not able to travel and so I was just thinking, well, what am I going to do with all my time? So I decided, well, I need to finish my ACBC exams and, and get my 50 hours in. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to need counseling at this point. And lo and behold, it was, that was the case. So I got all my ACBC certified, you know, training done in, in about four months. And in Argentina, it was very strict. So we kept going with the quarantine and I got past cert- personal certification. I thought, well, what else am I going to do? So thought well, I'm going to do the requirements to what it takes to be an ACBC certified training center. Um, so I did that, and so so yeah. Now in in Cordoba, we're our, our seminary um, kind of w- with our our local church is uh, ACBC certified training center. Um, and and again, just as people um, get wind of what is happening at the seminary, they they want more training. They they hear about what we're doing. And so a lot of times, um, I'll even though most of our training at the seminary is for the, for the counseling, um, maybe we can talk about that in a second, but uh, a lot of times I'll just go and visit churches and do biblical counseling conferences. Um, so anyways, maybe that was a little too long of an answer, but yeah, no. that's, that's kind yeah. of how it became um, part of our ministry.
0: No, that's great. Yeah, it's interesting. I I ran into somebody one time at a camp who I was talking to them about what biblical counseling is, and they're like, well, don't people just do that anyway? Uh, And I think in some ways, some people do, but it is uh, pretty common in humanity that we don't always connect the dots, Mm. (laughs) and and sometimes we do need somebody (laughs) to help us. Go from like, hey, here is this idea uh, and this idea actually Mm. impacts you um, and it should change your life. And so, yeah, yeah, it is uh, it is an important thing. Some people naturally do get it and they can make those connections really well. um, But for most of us, we need we need we need guides. (laughs) Well, and especially
1: when the cultural winds are kind of so strong, they tend mm. to carry us. They tend to influence us as a church. And so we do need to be intentional and not just kind of, yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 it's not going to necessarily happen naturally. So we do have to be intentional. So that's yep. good.
0: Yeah. And I like to, I like to make sure, cause I think sometimes maybe in academia, there can be a little competitiveness and it's not mm. um, biblical counseling is not saying, we're better than the systematic theology people or what, you know what I mean? It's like, no, these things go together. They go hand in hand. That's right. They are the natural outflowing of one another. So yeah, it's, it's good.
1: That's exactly
0: right. So tell, you mentioned the training that you guys are doing at the seminary um, and then, but you're also traveling around. So go a little bit more, just tell us what's going on in Argentina, biblical counseling wise. You have your church and slash seminary that is a training center, what else is happening, training wise? What What else is happening, counseling wise? What's What's going on?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, so at at our church, um, where where we're members, I I'm also a pastor there. I'm serving as an elder, so. So the the first aspect of my counseling ministry is just being a pastor to people. I I want to just come alongside them and and help them uh, be, grow in their walk with with Christ and and just become more like Jesus and meet them in their struggles. So so that's my first priority. Right, is to just is be a pastor to them. Um, but also being a pastor includes, you know, Ephesians, Ephesians four. We talk about that kind of tra- training, up the saints to do the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also an important part of my ministry. And so there's, so we our our our, our seminary, which is uh, Seminario Cari, um, Cari, is closely related to our church. And so we do, I mean, we do a lot of training in our local church on just a basic level, just trying to equip the, you know, it's a part of our membership classes, every, every person that goes through our membership class, they're going to learn about uh, our our culture of discipleship and our culture of counseling um, kind of, you know, obviously those two are related Um, and, um, we do you know we'll do like a Sunday school class on on discipleship and counseling, um, things like that. Um, on the seminary side of it, we because we're technically a certified training center with ACBC, we have a diploma program. All of our programs are online, although we we do offer occasionally classes in person. Um, so we uh, will offer um, yeah, so we'll off we have a diploma program. It's a three-year program, and it's a, we have a diploma program in and um, just biblical studies, and then a diploma um, a diploma program in in biblical counseling. And that program is three years. It it will cover the basics, you know, systematic theology, um, New Testament, Old Testament survey, hermeneutics. Uh, just because we believe that you need, you know, in order to do counseling well, you're going to need that foundation. Mm. Um, and then the rest of the rest of the classes are are Um, just count their counseling classes that, that kind of take you through the ACBC certification process at the same time. So when you finish the program at the end of three years, um, the blessing is that you're able to, to get all of the ACBC certified um, training complete phase one and phase two. So you go through the exams, you go through the 30 hours, if you're, you know, if the audience is familiar with that. Um, And then, and then you also finish with a diploma from the seminary, and the only thing that you you have to, kind of have to do is the the, the fifty sessions of sur, um, supervision. So um, it's a it's a great program. I you know when we started about a year ago, I was I was praying. I was talking to my wife and I was talking about some of the folks at the seminary. Like I just pray that five people will enroll. It's a new program. I don't know what the, <laughs> the desire is like. And the first enrollment period we had 70 and mm. then the second enrollment, we had another 50. And now I think, you know, I think we're a year and a half into it and we have, I think over 170 students that are, are studying biblical counseling and it's just kind of blowing up. It shows the hunger. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that there is a deep hunger in Argentina for, for, for counseling, for, for, for just sound theology. They want to be a good church. Um, and so it just makes sense. Um, a lot of just ordinary members taking our, our courses and, and they want to, they want to just learn how to be able to help others in their churches. Um, And then, then I, again, like I said, I, I kind of take the training on the road, um, with, with other brothers and sisters, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go to different churches in, in Argentina and we'll do, um, different trainings. Um, sometimes, you know, maybe we'll take ladies and they'll train the ladies and, um, and yeah, so it's 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 been a blessing and it's really in many ways kind of exploded and I'm just trying to figure out what to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, praise the Lord, we're we're excited to hear about that. It's been such a it's always a joy to me to hear about the growth of, of biblical counseling around the world and there's been so much in the Spanish-speaking world in the last uh, at mm. least decade and and I know long no. it's been around longer but there's just so many uh, people and i was just excited to hear about what's going on in argentina i hadn't hadn't known about it until we connected and we're talking about it and mm-hmm. so i'm excited for you i want to be praying for you and want to encourage our our audience to do that as well, well. Thank you. so i appreciate that so tell us about um this book you wrote um que es la la concehedia biblica which that's you know There you go. That's my Spanish (laughs) for the day. Uh, (laughs) I haven't read it. I read your you and your wife's uh, bios and a few (laughs) words here and there, but I'm not fluent. Just hold up your
1: phone and and Google Translate can read it to you. There you go. Uh, There you go. So yeah, (laughs) qué es la consejería bíblica? That's your for any Spanish speaking audience that you might have. Yeah.
0: So tell, tell us about the book, like what what's the purpose of it, who's the audience, and and uh, how can people get a hold of it too if they need it?
1: Okay, so there are not a lot of... Um, the, the publishing in the Spanish-speaking world is growing significantly, um, which we're super grateful for. So this is a more kind of general answer, and then I'll get to the book, but the printing or, or, or shipping to argentina is really difficult um just because of the economy and just rules and regulations uh, other things makes it very difficult for us to get books um so one of the things that we decided to do about a year ago was well maybe we could print books um so we have started working with different spanish publishers um and just to you know work through contracts to to get the rights to print books in Argentina that we can do um so on the one hand we're we're intending to just print books with prensa um and and not just biblical counseling books but other uh, other theological works um but we would also like to start um publishing books so this was this was our our first published book was this book that was Written by um, another another um, colleague of ours in Argentina. She's Argentine, and then my wife contributed a little bit, and then myself. Um, so the book is, you know, I think it it, it started out um, that the desire to write the book came when when my my wife and I we were meeting with a couple in our home just for dinner, and they were interested in biblical counseling. Um, and I thought, well, and she's just telling me how she doesn't have a lot of time on her hands to read. And so I thought, well, what can I give her that will just be a basic introduction to biblical counseling? And I thought, well, there's really not a lot that exists. That's just a 90 page, 100 page kind of introduction, kind of, you know, nine marks type size of a book that I can give to this, this gal that will be able to read it. She's a mother, um, And she probably won't have a lot of time. So so I thought, well, somebody's got to write this. Um, But I didn't think it was going to be me. Um, So anyways, that's kind of how the, the desire came about, was just this desire to introduce the topic to maybe college students that are really busy, a mom that has three kids that is also really busy, but they just want to learn about the importance of counseling, maybe some of the basics of what it is um and and so that's really what it is an introduction to biblical counseling but it's only in spanish so um so if your audience knows some spanish speakers then they can jump on amazon and get a few copies
0: yeah no i thought it was a great idea because it's i mean it is it's 87 pages before the bibliography and <clears throat> which is broken down into 11 chapters so you can tell that that chapters are super short So it'd be, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you had an afternoon, you could probably knock it out. Uh, but if, if you're not like you're, like you're talking about just life and busyness and all the things that, that get in the way of people sitting down and reading, uh, you could pick it up and digest a chapter a day or a chapter a week and really understand, uh, some of the basics there. So I thought it was a great, great idea. Um, my favorite book to give people when they are like, what is biblical counseling is uh, instruments in the redeemer's hands. Cause I continually such a, yeah, such a great book. hear people say like, that's the one, you know um, but instruments is, Few hundred pages. It's gonna it's take a few hundred pages. That's right. <laughs> so this is this is a great um, fits a great niche. I think we actually need somebody to do something like this in uh, in mm. English too, or uh, every language would be would be super helpful. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, so tell tell us. You mentioned uh, a little bit to me uh, about your own person. Like you got into biblical counseling. You you described that, but you've also been blessed by and. Your family has been blessed by biblical counseling. Share a little bit of your guys' personal story.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I I think counseling is again just a kind of another form of discipleship, and in in a sense, every believer needs that kind of discipling relationship. Um, and you, you, know, I think you went to master's and, and, and probably took an intro to biblical counseling course and probably took the personal improvement project. I don't know what, I don't remember what it's called, but uh, I think that's I what it was called when I was that. there. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, you, you know, and, and, and the point is like, before you think about ministering to others, how, how is this going to change your own life? And, um, that really is um, is true, I think, of biblical counseling, is that um, it does challenge you and it ministers to you at the same time. So it challenges you in the sense of when you are counseling other people, um, you really need to evaluate your own life, right? You have to think through... Um, you know, am I, am I obeying this? Am I, am I following through on this? Am I practicing the, the, the the principles that I'm trying to counsel others with? Um, So it is a, it is a challenge. Um, And I I think on the other, on the other hand, there's this kind of mutual ministry that just comes from, from counseling, from discipleship. Um, you, You know, one of our strong emphasis is that biblical counseling should take place in the context of of a local church that's um that's where that's where it's most effective that's where the lord designed it to take place because it's just another form of discipleship um, and and so yeah we have been impacted by by counseling by by others kind of coming alongside uh, um, us and in, in times of difficulty um, just even this last year you, you know Danica and I just are constantly looking at each other and just thankful for our local church and their kind of discipleship attitude that they've had towards us and we've had a hard year we've um, you know Danica had a had a stillborn at 26 mm. weeks of, of pregnancy and and i think 3 weeks after that i was diagnosed with a with a form of thyroid cancer and i had to go into um you know i had to do some some different things for that from different treatments for that so so it was a, it was a difficult year um but but we were just constantly thinking about our church mm. and how they were coming alongside us and sending us songs, um, singing with us, reading the word with us, just listening to us, um, speaking truth to us, um, and 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 so we would say that we were just personally being counseled, and it was a it was a it was a hard season, but it was a good season in the sense of we got to see the grace of of God um being ministered to us through our church and you know constantly kind of ministering to others but then i think the the roles were kind of reversed and we had to be at a place of really need i remember just Mm -hmm. the first week or four days after you know danica was in the hospital um you know, we were thinking, like, are we going to go to church this Sunday? We are we're devastated. We're we're grieving. Um, and we just said, you know, mutually, like, we like we have to go to church. We need our church. We need the church to minister to us. Um, and we were so grateful. I mean, we were weeping in church, we were probably you know, a spectacle in many ways, but but we just were so blessed and it was just this kind of like, yeah, this is, this is what biblical counseling is all about. The brothers and sisters coming alongside one another and ministering to you on your time of need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people get into, you know, training and practicing biblical counseling through a number of channels. Mm -hmm. One is they receive it first and they're like, Oh, I think I want to do this. Others it's like you hear about it or, you know, my, my, story was I took a class and it was like, oh, mm-hmm. it shook me up and woke, woke me up to this yeah. reality that God's word is so practical. Uh, but regardless of how you come to awareness of it and, and get involved in it, all of us will benefit from it because we That's realize, right. I mean, it is God's word and his way of ministering to his people. Um, so right. thanks for, thanks for sharing that and, uh, appreciate, yeah. appreciate the, Open uh, openness and honesty and transparency there. That's a it's very helpful. Uh, so we're wrapping up or winding down on our time. So tell tell our audience if they want to connect with you or they want to find out more about what is going on in Argentina and how they can support you in that. How can how can people find you, connect you with you, support you?
1: Yeah. So I mean, there's a few ways that people can. Um, support us obviously that the, the biggest is just by just by praying for us and um that 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 is a huge encouragement sending notes of encouragement um we w- people can connect with us i mean we're obviously on you know social media pe- email um eric at gmail.com is pretty simple and um we have our kind of personal family website which is um, dot and and people can kind of learn about our ministry there a little bit more and, and learn about what we're doing. Um, and then obviously just connecting through the seminary website. So, Seminario Carry. And um, yeah, learn more about just us and our ministry there
0: and i'll make sure to spell your name right and try to get some of those uh (laughs) some of those links in the show notes too so people can people can find you well we are at the end but we have a segment that at the end that i call two minute favorites uh because i'm not a creative titler uh so i'm basically (laughs) going to take two minutes and ask you your favorite stuff are you you ready for this sounds good all right i'll start easy and then we get into some more challenging questions Oh boy! all All right. right here we go what is your favorite food
1: Um, my wife's lasagna. Favorite color? Blue. Favorite sport? Um, it was American football, but now it is soccer. So football, Messi in particular, Messi. Favorite sports team? Um, the Argentine, um, international soccer team.
0: All right. Favorite gift you've ever received?
1: Oh, that's... Um, these are when they get hard I, I, yeah well I, I think as i'm getting older like i like clothes now so mm-hmm. i used to not like clothes but probably like something like related to clothes or when i was a kid probably a television that was incredible so
0: favorite gift you've ever given
1: Ooh, um my wife's wedding ring favorite or engagement ring yeah, yeah.
0: favorite uh favorite candy
1: uh, Snickers.
0: Favorite ice cream flavor?
1: Cookies and cream every time.
0: Favorite book of the Bible?
1: Um, Ephesians or Colossians?
0: Favorite book outside of scripture?
1: Um, ooh, that's probably Heaven by Randy Alcorn.
0: Favorite word?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, family?
0: least favorite word
1: <laughs> oh man um, well since I'm a PhD student right now maybe dissertation no <laughs> I, I, I love it but it, it's
0: a bittersweet type topic favorite uh, Bible verse
1: um, oh that's a good one I yeah I, maybe just I mean John three sixteen. I don't yeah
0: if you could choose any superpower, what superpower would you choose? Um, flying. All right. Well, that the timer went off in the middle of that question, so that wraps up our two-minute favorites as well as the episode. So, Eric, thank you so much for joining us for 1514 today.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much, Curtis, and thank you for all you're doing and just appreciate your
0: ministry. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And special thanks to our team who helped make this podcast possible. My assistant, Rebecca Mullins, helps coordinate these interviews. And our podcast engineer, Caleb Lau, does a great job editing and putting everything together. We look forward to you joining us next time.